Aaron, Polly, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And this is Wayne. Well, hello, fellas. Hello. How are you, Morning. Paul? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, how I... Are, uh... How are you, Wayne? Oh. Tired. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We had to wake Wayne up this morning. We did. But we're going to bring <laughs> the energy in today's podcast. <clears throat> I mean, I think that was about it. I think it's all downhill from here. Yeah, yeah that was the energy. It was brought. I'm used up. <laughs> we knew that. <laughs> so, um, right before the podcast, I was actually I was asking Aaron this. I had a conversation with someone this week, and I have no idea who, about the movie Doomed. And apparently, it wasn't Aaron, and apparently, it wasn't Wayne, and I have no idea who it would be with because it's a comic book movie. Um, Doomed is free right now on Amazon Prime. And it is about the making of Roger Corman's Fantastic Four movie. And, uh, you know, it's a film that I didn't realize this at the time was never intended to be released. Uh, you know, it was released around the time of the Dolph Lundgren Punisher, the, um, I don't remember who the hell was in it and who the hell directed it, but Ronnie Cox was the president in the Captain America movie. You know, all those garbage movies, Marvel movies of the yep. mid-90s. They had to make it to keep the license, but they never had to actually release it. Yeah. And so, and Fantastic Four has never actually been officially released. I think Correct. everyone's seen it. I, I remember back in uh, late 80s, early 90s, you know, it would there would be like some illicit uh, copy of it at, on the convention floor. Uh -huh. You know, back when you yep. could buy bootleg stuff at the conventions. That's how I got mine. I didn't get mine at a convention. I got mine at... Because you can still get those bootleg things in, like, New York comic shops. Um, <laughs> like, go to go to Midtown Comics, and they have a bootleg section. Uh -huh. um, so, I, it, it was like Midtown Comics or Forbidden Planet or something like that that I got my copy of Fantastic Four on VHS. And I gotta say, you know, it was a shitty copy. Like, you know, I, I don't think there's a DVD-quality copy of that movie anywhere out there. Um, no. But I didn't You're hate that movie. You're not going to get that one in Blu-ray HD. No, 4K. Certainly not 4K. My copy's on DVD, but it's not DVD quality. <laughs> but, uh, you know... I it... think I saw it for the first time in one of those con video rooms. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember those? You know, you go to... The, it'd be like oh, an yeah. all-night hotel con. And, and, oh, yeah. I like yeah. that stuff. Yeah, so, I miss that. I, I think those were those were, were were fun conventions. So it's out there for free on Amazon Prime. I started watching it yesterday, and like I was telling Aaron, Jen walked into the the house. She she got home from work, and I promptly shut it off because I knew that was not her jam. <laughs> um, she she thought he was watching porn. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> a movie about a, a documentary about a comic book movie, a, a bad comic book movie that was never released. Um, probably not her jam, but what was interesting in the few minutes that I did get to watch is apparently everyone, inv the, the cast and crew involved was not aware, right? That it was, um, being produced just to hold on to a license and they genuinely, you know, put forth an effort on that movie. And I will say there are aspects of that movie that I like, including the thing itself himself. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to watch. Mm -hmm. It's not a good movie. No, it's a Roger Corman movie. But it's kind movie. of fun to watch. You know? Yeah. I think and there's a lot of heart in it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's the thing that kind of comes through that that doesn't really come through in the uh, Fantastic Four films that 20th Century Fox made. No, Oof. it you was know, Fox I, who made those, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Aaron, I don't I can't imagine Paul like flipping it off and her thinking it's porn. I think more likely she walks in, sees what he's watching and says, 
why can't you just be normal and watch something like porn? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Poor Paul. I know. Well, <laughs> well, so Jen and I are actually hooked on a Netflix show. And I brought this up. I bring this up even though it has nothing to do with our genre entertainment. Uh, but it's a show called Kingdom. It's a uh, new, it's, it was on, I think, Audience Network, whatever the hell that was, uh, on DirecTV. And uh, I guess it never really found an audience, even though it had three seasons. Um, wow. And is now being released on Netflix. And it's finding a, a, a huge audience on Netflix. And the reason I bring it up is because, Aaron, you know, it's one of the... It, it's kind of like... It's caught me off guard, kind of like Yellowstone, right? Mm-hmm. It's something I'd heard of, um, something I had an interest in. It stars Frank Grillo, uh, Jonathan Tucker, and Nick Jonas as, like, a father and his two sons. And he owns an where, MMA gym. Where do I know Frank Grillo from? That's he a, is that's Crossbones a... in uh, Winter Soldier. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, of course, countless other movies. He was also in the Purge movies and stuff like that. Gotcha. And uh, so, you know, it's about a father and his two sons. And much like Yellowstone, it's a family drama about a family that can't make a right decision to save their lives. Um, <laughs> and I got to tell you, it's three seasons. The first the first and third season are ten episodes each. The second season, for some random reason, is 20 episodes. Wow. Um, so it's 40 total episodes. But we are just gobbling these up, Aaron. It wow. is just really well acted. Um, I, you know, it's it's one of those shows, and I came across it honestly on James Gunn's um, Twitter page because he says it's one of the most underappreciated dramas of the two thousands. Um, and it's just it's really taking off on Netflix, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And we are binge watching it as much as we can to plow through it in preparation to have it done in time for Yellowstone season three to finish airing, so that we can watch that. Yeah, same here. I'm I'm eagerly anticipating the uh, uh, a, a full season of Yellowstone so that I can I can binge that as well. It's been hard. Uh, I got to tell you, it's been hard not to watch it. But I, we've I only got three more it. episodes, I think. Yeah, and I can't. I I just don't think I can do it episode to episode. I just don't think I can. I, I think I've got to. I got to. I got to have the whole thing so I can just devour it. Love you, Yellowstone. Um. I will. I will add Kingdom to my queue. It's that, worth that watching. Sounds... You know, I mean, give it an episode or two, um, yeah. because much like Yellowstone, it's one of those shows that starts off and you're like, "Wow, everyone's an asshole." Um, but <laughs> yeah, it, they, there's there, it is hard to find a character to like in Yellowstone. No, but you, but you end up finding one to like or finding yeah, a few I, to like, right? Like yeah. you like Rip, even though he's a horrible person. Well, and that's the thing is that the character that I liked the least when the show started is the character I like the most now. I love Rip. I think Rip's fantastic. So you know, because there he, there is actually a, a good person at the core. He'll just do whatever he has to do. Yeah, take care of the things that are important to him. So yeah, so. I, I like Rip. I like Rip. Uh, you know, I am watching uh, HBO's Perry Mason right now. How is that? Well, you know, um, it was hard for me to enjoy the first three episodes. Uh, it's very noir which I like. Um, I love Matthew Reese. He is, uh, he's one of my favorite actors these days. I'm not he familiar was in, with him. He was in the Americans, which if you've not watched Paul, it okay. is fantastic. It mm-hmm. is about a, uh, uh, it's set in the eighties, uh, about a Soviet sleeper cell family, uh, that, you know, appears to be American in, you know, just completely wholesome American family. And they are really, really, uh, uh, deep dark Soviet spies, and wow. it's all very is that, cool. 
Is that a movie or a series? Series. series. And what's the name and of it again? Because that's one I want to watch. It's called The Americans, and it is fantastic. I think it's one uh, of those FX stream. series, so it's probably on it Hulu. Uh, it's on Prime. Prime, okay. Stream okay. And it I'm is, adding that one to my list because that sounds I awesome. Absolutely love The Americans. I, I tr- And, you know, it actually has so many times these uh, these series don't stick the landing you know when the stories are serialized uh sopranos i'm looking at you um but it is it it has a very satisfying ending uh for for the uh, show that it is i I love that love that show anyway uh watching perry mason my uh i had a hard time in the first several episodes but i knew that there was good stuff there so i stuck it out and the reason i had a hard time with the first uh, several episodes is that we start out with Perry Mason as a private investigator and he is a, a drunk, a liar and a thief. And, you know, not at all the, you know, paragon of morality and justice that we know from the Raymond Burr series. And so I was really having a hard time. Like, why are they calling this Perry Mason when this character is nothing like Perry Mason? Right. You know, and then there is this turn at about episode four where it's, hey, you're going to have to become an attorney. And that is where the show takes off. So if I have one complaint about the show, it's that it spent too long with him being private investigator. Uh, that, that really should have been handled in, in an episode and a half and not have taken three to four episodes. But once he becomes an attorney, it is fantastic. Uh, the show is set uh, uh, in in 1930s California, and there is all kinds of shit going on, and there are conspiracies, and it is really very good. I watched the second to the last episode last night. The season finale airs Sunday night, uh, the day after we're recording this episode, and I mean I'm I'm just on my on on, on pins and needles because. I thought I had it figured out. I thought not the mystery, but I thought I figured out where the story was going. And at the end of the, the last night's episode that I watched, uh, they, they completely went off in another direction. And I was like, <laughs> Oh wow. I, I'm cause I was like, ah, I think, I, I think, I, I think I am as clever as the writers. No, no writers more clever than me, <laughs> which is not hard. <laughs> if I had HBO, I would definitely watch that. Cause I like the sound of it being a period piece. I used to like Perry Mason. Mm hmm. It's really good, and all the characters are, you know, obviously the characters are updated. Uh, it's it's super interesting. And, you know, there is HBO really in 2020 and 2019 have really told a lot of race dramas. Mm-hmm. And there's an element of that here. Um, it's not at the forefront like it was in Watchmen, but it, there is certainly a strong element of that here. And you've got people in different nooks within society during that period. And it's just very interesting. Uh, Well-acted, well-directed, well-crafted. Love the show. Well, speaking of HBO race dramas, um, I'm assuming you're, you're with you watching Perry Mason, they're hyping the hell out of Lovecraft country. God, I can't wait. So that, that starts on the 16th and it's um, produced by Jordan Peele. Uh, you know, it's about a 1950s black family and very much involves the Cthulhu mythos. And it looks and, fucking good. Yeah, it does. And, you know, in, in relation to that, I, I tweeted about this on our uh, uh, Twitter feed earlier this week. 
Um, there is an episode of Imaginary Worlds. It's a, another podcast, uh, not ours, but uh, Imaginary Worlds. Uh, it's a podcast about you know creating uh, narratives and fiction, creating the worlds around them, and and what you know how those those apply some oftentimes to you know current scenarios. They do an entire episode on H.P. Lovecraft and his racism. And it is a brilliant deep dive into that. And I think it's really timely given that Lovecraft Country is coming out uh, here soon. So uh, the, the, it's uh, uh, Imaginary Worlds. Check their feed. It's a recent episode. Uh, it'll jump out at you. It says something Lovecraft. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it re- really was a, a terrific episode. And if you want to find the link, it is in our Twitter feed. All right. Well, and we'll talk about Lovecraft Country when that comes out. Um so I'm assuming you're watching these on HBO Max itself, these shows. I am, because I enjoy me some HBO Max. I have used my I, very little, um, admittedly. Even though I have to Google Chrome it, I am really enjoying it. <laughs> well, I have dabbled in Peacock and Quibi recently. Ugh, Peacock is awful. Peacock is awful, but at least it's, it's free, right? And yeah. so, you know, it's funny. And last you're night, getting what you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Last night, it's funny, um, Jen and I... We're looking through the movie selection on Peacock. And it's so funny because, like, random ass stuff will be Peacock Premium. Like, Ted, the movie with Mark Wahlberg and the teddy bear, will be. Yeah, that's been out forever. Forever, like eight years. You have to pay if you want to see that one. But, like, all the Bourne movies are free. And it's, like, so random. Um, yeah. But there is a lot, a lot, a lot of shit. Uh-huh. In in their movie selection, I mean every direct. I guess because Universal owns you know all these smaller properties and these direct to video films, you get like instead of Battle for Los Angeles, you get Battle of Los Angeles, and you know you get <laughs> you get all those like instead of Jurassic Park, you get like Jurassic. I don't know, like it's shit like that. Well, it's, like it's Jurassic Park. Park. Crustaceous it, Park. Yeah, it is something like that. No, it's it's Jurassic Jurassic Parks. It's about a a, a group of dinosaur friends that hang out at a coffee shop. (laughs) Exactly. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of Danny Trejo movies for some odd fucking reason. Well, that's that's actually a good thing. It's just it's so funny. Like there is just so much garbage. And the worst part about their movie selection is that you're navigating it from A to Z. Everything that starts with the. Yeah, is categorized under oh. T. Oh no, <laughs> I that got is to, awful. I got to the T's and I'm like, why are there so many? And I was like, why? Why is this movie here? And I'm like, oh, the. Yeah, I bet they have the transmorphers on there. <laughs> I think they probably do. <laughs> it's so it's such a you know it, like you said you get what you pay for, but you do get a lot of um, NBC programming and things like that and NBC Sports and all that. So if you like that stuff, and it's got a ton of old shows, it's unfortunately the streaming service that has Yellowstone, but Yellowstone is a premium, so you have to pay to watch Yellowstone. And for that, I might as well just just buy the season. season Yeah, same here. Um, Yeah, watching sports. The only sports I care about is the XFL. And The Rock bought that. Yes. And they'll probably, but the, the the last time the XFL had a deal with NBC, oddly enough. So I guess we'll see. Uh, oh no, Fox. It was Fox. So I guess you don't have to worry about Peacock. Um, and I did. So how, I, what was your? How was your Quibi experience? So you know, I, I dabbled in Quibi. Um, so I and did, Quibi's the one that has very short programs. Yeah, which right? I got to tell you, all of the content I've seen now three Quibi things. Um, I saw 
the Die Hard movie with Kevin Hart and um, John Travolta and Josh Hartnett. It was like a really odd cast. Um, I saw the Princess Bride um, remake, and the Princess Bride remake isn't so much a remake as it is um, tons of actors reenacting the movie in their backyards, all edited together. And I gotta say, as it sounds silly, but it was actually really fun. Um, and I saw the re- remake of The Most Dangerous Game with Liam Hemsworth and um, the guy from... Christoph Waltz, the guy from uh, Inglorious Bastards. Mm, yeah. All three of them? Well, Die Hard was, was cute. The other mm. two were fantastic. Um, the problem is the eight-minute streaming is fucking annoying. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, it's no worse than basically watching a show with programs. Like, you watch eight minutes, it stops for a commercial, and then plays the next episode. Um, I would not watch these daily because they release episodes daily essentially they're filming movies and releasing eight minutes of the, of the movie daily um is essentially how this works and i you know I, I had a two-week trial period which i was able to watch everything i wanted to watch in that two-week trial period ready to cancel and goddamn them they released a trailer for the fugitive <laughs> starring um mike farrow or uh, starring uh boyd holbrook who i'm not familiar with um as the the fugitive but also starring um, Kiefer Sutherland as uh. the the cop chasing him. Uh, Boyd Holbrook is in Narcos and Logan and Gone Girl. I'm just not familiar with them. But Kiefer Sutherland, and damn it, it looks really good. And so I uh, I'm I'm, I'm I, I've I've already paid my five dollars for the month. So I'll watch Fugitive, and then I'll end my subscription to Quibi. And the, the, here's the problem with Quibi: there is no. T- at least on my LG TV, there's no LG TV app. There's no Xbox app because it is right. meant to be a mobile service. However, if you if you have the ability to Chromecast or um, you know Apple, what do you call it, uh, right. AirPlay to your television, right. you can AirPlay it to your television and it'll do it in, in high def. So that's what I do because I'm I'm not watching this shit on my phone. On your phone? On my phone, like, like an a, animal, like a fucking millennial. Yeah, yeah I'm. Well, I mean like a, some kind of barbarian monster thing it's just ugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. so i mean quibi i gotta say um so there's seven more episodes of fugitive to be released and a daily i'm assuming that's about a week and a half so i'd wait till like the end of august get your two-week trial binge watch a couple of quibi movies and cancel before your trial ends because that's about all it's worth um yeah. so i haven't had the chance to watch much of anything this week uh, but I'm waiting for uh, Doom Patrol to finish dropping, which I think the finale is either dropping this week or, you know, maybe has already dropped. What I did watch, though, was the four episode, it's either four or six episode, Netflix Transformers series. It was How six, because I only saw four of them. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It's got a lot of nostalgia for the, you know, Generation One people. Uh, basically the look of the characters, the, uh, their personalities, it is by far the weakest Optimus Prime I've seen in any series. Yeah. And he's not quite the leader you expect him to be, but I think it looks good. I think the story is a strong story and the nostalgia factor is so high on there. I can't wait for the next part of the series because it's going to be a big trilogy. So, with the first part being the fall of Cybertron, mm-hmm. 
I saw the first I saw the first four episodes. It's it's well done. I just I don't know. For me, it just didn't connect with me. I I, I felt there wasn't enough energy. <laughs> energon. There wasn't enough energon in it for me. Um, <laughs> it just I don't know. Like it 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 felt kind. Of, I, and I understand it's robots and it's kind of silly to describe the show as lifeless. But I don't know. I just didn't get the momentum that I was hoping for out of it. It wasn't exciting to me. Um, but it did kind of inspire me to look up because growing up, I was more of a GI Joe guy than a Transformers guy. And um, Tubi. We're just talking streaming services. Tubi, uh, which is another free streaming service, has um, the G.I. Joe Renegades show from, uh, I should actually, it was a movie um, that was released a few years ago. It's written by Warren Ellis, and it's kind of like if G.I. Joe had stakes because characters actually die um, throughout it, both good guys and bad guys. And so it just kind of put me in the mood to watch that. And I know you guys aren't G.I. Joe guys, but it, it is so good. It is so good. And I know Warren Ellis is a mess. Um, you know, is having some troubles here in, in, in real life based on his uh you know, his interaction with women, but the dude has written some really good television and comic books, and G.I. Joe Renegades is just a bang up job. It's probably one of the my huh. favorite interpretations of G.I. Joe. Is that I, like a sequel to the first movie they did, or is it something completely separate? I would you know, it, it acts as if G.I. Joe has been around for a while and Cobra has been around for a while, but I think if you have an understanding of the core concepts of the main characters, you got you got what you need going in. Because yeah, I heard out of the two movies they released, the first one was horrid, but the second one was actually really good. I liked the first one back in the 80s, but um, I know people don't oh, no. like it. So I'm not talking the 80s, I'm talking the live-action movies. Oh, no, 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 this is not related to the live-action. It's, uh, it's 100% animated. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's no, no. The the live action is it a series or a movie? It was released as I think four or five part series, but like on cable TV because it it is violent. Um, Mm -hmm. There is profanity and like I said, characters do die. Um, But it's it's all edited together into one movie. It's I really recommend it. It is really. I might check it out. I like Tubi. I think Tubi is 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 an interesting service. There's there's some things out there that you just won't find anywhere else. And it's minimal, you know, for a free service. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's minimal commercials. It's not like Hulu, yeah. right? Where you, you right. Know, a commercial break will last three freaking minutes with um, the same commercial at each break. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't mind too. So much content on it. Surprisingly, yeah. right? Like, like I think it has the entire GI Joe series. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, it Renegades has the was original one Generation One Transformers. That's crazy. Because I, I went back and watched a bunch of them on there. It's like they don't have that on Netflix. They don't have that on Amazon, but they have it here. For free. Well, you know what's we- what's weird about Tubi hmm. is it, the the app is on my television and on my TiVo. Yeah, I mean, it's like I, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, but your HBO Max isn't correct. Yeah. yeah, I still have HBO Go or HBO Now, whatever it is. But oh, yeah. you know that app is on my TV, and I'm like, when are y'all going to transition that to HBO Max? Damn it. <laughs> Well, because yeah. I tell you what, I'll be in hog heaven when that happens. Because you know, I'm I'm fighting through the 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 Chromecast interface. Uh, I hate Chromecasting. I same here. I hate it with everything I got, but I loves me some HBO Max. There's so much stuff there to watch. Now I will say there is an HBO Max app on the Xbox, so that's mm-hmm. what I use. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's are still you max- oh, yeah, that's right. You are maxing because you got it through your phone. Your uh, through my DC through my DC universe. Um, yeah. Yeah, my, my it's oh, okay. right. the five dollars extra. Yeah, um, you know, speaking of streaming, 
it, we are recording this on August 8th, and in two weeks from now, um, I'm, I'm assuming it, it'll be on YouTube, but I, I, but I guess you can probably get to it through dcfandom.com is the big 24-hour um, event, D, you know, the DC Fandom oh, event. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you guys, I am so psyched for this. Uh, you know, that, it so, looks pretty intense. It I mean, it looks, you know, th- there was all kinds of Star Trek stuff a week or so ago that I have did not watch any of it live uh, and have have caught some of it after the fact. But I mean, fandom almost looks like, you know, something you're just going to have to clear, your, clear your day. When I say your day, I'm talking a literal day. Yeah. And I'm 24 freaking hours. And I got to tell you, I will. I'm more excited about this than I was for Comic-Con at home, which I didn't yeah. really watch much of. Um, but you know, some of the stuff is already coming out. Like there's going to be a suicide squad game announcement from Rocksteady. There's going to be a new Batman Arkham game announced. Um, they announced the guest list or at least a good portion of the guest list. And I, you know, I took screenshots and I dissected the shit out of that list. Um, (laughs) cause you know, Dwayne Johnson's on the list clearly. Uh, you know, he's going to be talking about black Adam and they're going to make announcements about that. Zack Snyder's going to have the first trailer for, um, his justice league movie. I also happened to notice, I mean, just some interesting names on there, including Tim Daly. And I was like, I kind of feel like we may get a Superman animated series, Blu-ray announcement during DC fandom. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? That would be so awesome. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed my uh, Batman animated series, Blu-ray. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the Batman beyond Uh, Beyond. Blu-ray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, both of them. Um, both. And, and I saw Ed Boon is on there. And if you're not familiar with Ed Boon, Ed Boon is the dude behind Mortal Kombat and Injustice and DC versus Mortal Kombat. And Mortal Kombat is part of the, the the DC fandom. So I don't. I'm assuming we'll get some type of maybe new Injustice game announced or something um, during the event. And uh, so I'm I'm psyched for. I'm psyched for DC fandom. I'm, 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 I mean, I'm not going to watch 24 hours of it, um, oh, no, but I will are, definitely watch gonna, a good chunk. You're going to have to clear your day. <laughs> well, it's a Saturday, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. What I'll do is I'll wait for the news articles to come out about it or wait for Paul to tell me what happened. I, I'm, I'm looking well, forward to watching some of this stuff. Like, I mean, I you think know, the fact that the they have these thing, actors. The funny thing was when I watched that preview and it went through all of those names on the list, I paused for a moment to read some. And then I had the thought, you know what? Paul is going to go through and find out who all these people are. Yep. And I don't need to pause and try to do it because Paul will do it for me. I do enjoy when Paul baby bird feeds us the news. You know, he consumes the media and then regurgitates it to us. Right. I mean, I read I read that list. I took my screenshots. I'm like, oh, Robert Pattinson, Kaylee Cuoco. Um, And unlike the comic book media, when Paul tells us the news, he didn't get it from a tweet. And he never has to give us retractions. Right? That's right. <laughs> I, I right. No regrets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I mentioned Injustice, and it's probably a good time to talk about uh, this Actual week. comic books? Yeah. I mean, we've yeah. been on the mic for 40 freaking minutes. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Injustice Year Zero surprise release, the first three chapters of the new Injustice prequel series came out. Um you know, and I'm, I'm very curious to hear your guys' thoughts, but I find it like I I dropped out of Injustice somewhere around year three. And, uh, you know, I wasn't really psyched to pick up Year Zero. Plus, I find it like odd because for me, the Injustice story really didn't start until 
Injustice, so I don't really understand the point of the prequel. But damn it, I really liked this series. Yeah, I loved yeah. seeing the the Injustice Universe's version of the JSA. Yep, and after reading it, I see the point in the prequel now. You know, what it's leading up to. Yeah, the baby I was thing. expecting it to be all about Superman, and I was so pleasantly surprised yeah. that this is an Injustice story. Because you know how much I love... Or, that it's a uh, Justice Society story. Because you guys know how much I love Justice Society. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I think that this was really strong to- storytelling. I enjoyed the writing. I enjoyed the art. I liked, uh, you know, just seeing... you know, the, It really demonstrates the friendship that existed between Batman and Superman before everything went to shit in the Injustice storyline. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what was funny to I- me is, uh, you know... Well, there's two things. One... This very much was indicative. I think uh, a couple weeks ago, you were like, I really like comics where my heroes are just sitting around talking. Yeah. And this was that. that. The first two parts were anyway. Yeah. I mean, it was the characters enjoying each other. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I I do think that that we see a demonstrably stupid uh, character in the book who, you know, has... Oh, Joker God, breaks him out of prison and, you know, uh, you know, he says, hey, Joker, you know, you drive me to my son's house. I just want to see my son before I die and then I'll help you do your thing. So, he, you know, he goes. Joker drives him to his son's house. He talks to his son, gets back in the car and Joker likes, OK, I need you to I need you to help me with this shit. And the guy goes, no, I won't do it. And he's like, Joker turns the car around, drives to the guy's house, starts cutting fingers off his son's hands. <laughs> And I'm like, well, what did you think Joker was going to do? Yeah. And Joker yeah. even said, like, bad, bad form. <laughs> like, duh. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, and even Harley is is sort of disgusted by the whole thing. Uh, I, it's just, it was a, a stupid, stupid guy. But I did really enjoy this. You know, one um, thing I, that, I enjoyed that uh, we find out that uh, Hitler didn't kill himself. I know. In his bunker. Um, one thing that that caught me off guard and I had to remind myself of the time period that the original Injustice came out in was Superman talking about not having a legacy Mm -hmm. because he starts talking about how he doesn't have a son or you know like Batman has all his kids and Superman like has you know it's like ah I don't have no one to pass my legacy on to and I'm like what about Jonathan and then I remembered oh yeah, Jonathan doesn't exist in the Injustice universe. So it just you know because I'm you know we're reading these stories and sometimes by the same freaking writer because we're about to talk yep. about deceased. Yeah, um, you know trying to keep these universes straight takes a little. It is it is a little bit challenging, but I do think I, an argument can be made, Paul, mm-hmm. that DC is doing its best storytelling in these alternate universes. I don't disagree. Yeah. I, I, I am more highly entertained in the pages of Injustice and Deceased than I am, sorry to say, Joker War or in Strange Adventures. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying both. I'm picking up both. But I find myself receiving more enjoyment, uh, being more highly entertained in these alternate universe stories. And it's because they don't have to have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. They don't have to reset to act two. They can have a beginning, middle, and an end. And I think there's got to be a solution to that somewhere. I think, you know, and we talked about Doomsday Clock, and I think sometime soon, this month, we'll have Joker, uh, three Jokers. Yeah. I think that that little bit of removal from the main continuity mm-hmm. just provides... It, it's funny because, you know, at, at, at least in this Injustice story... 
you know, it's it's really just one step removed, right? It's not yeah. like you yeah. know the ultimate injustice, which is completely removed. This is just really just a tad bit off center. Yeah, and it's it, it but it, it's so starkly different in its storytelling ability um, that it's noticeable. Yeah, yeah. I'm torn because it's. I like these types of stories that have endings and where you can do things like that. But when I look over at, say, Marvel, my biggest complaint with the Avengers and all of those is it seems like they redo every run. It's one storyline. And then the next has nothing to do with anything. Well, you know, and I absolutely agree with you, Wayne. And I was thinking about it today and we'll talk about Empire here in just a moment. But, you know, they'll do these huge crossover events, right? And back in the day when Stan was writing the books, you know, you'd have had a big event like that. You know, you could have a Kree scroll war. You could have, you know, any number of different things. And they'd be people would be talking about it in the other books, not, not as a tie-in, but like, hey, man, that Kree scroll war, that was that was kind of a thing, right? Uh, and people would talk about that in the other books. There was that sense of of all of this was linked together. Wasn't they weren't crossovers? It was just, this is all happening in the same universe. So you've got Empire going on right now. And, you know, it's it's an alien invasion that is taking p- place not just across the galaxy, but across our world. And I guarantee you, you're not going to you're not going to see people in a coffee shop talking about when the plants invaded Earth. You know, I, that's what I find so frustrating. It seems like when you've got an event like Fear Itself, when you've got, you know, the, these these things that impact not just the heroes, but people on the street, seems like that would have, have a lasting impact that you should be reading in the pages of the comics, not just forgotten after they happen. Well, I also wonder if it's partially the characters that make me think differently. DC characters I look at as more iconic, timeless mm-hmm. And I think they lend themselves better to these types of stories that are, you know, more outside of the regular story because the characters are the strong point versus Marvel stories work better with continuity. They they're built on that shared world, the shared universe, and uh, it's not as much the iconic characters as it is the storylines. Yeah. And maybe that's why I feel differently about Marvel doing it versus DC. Yeah, I, you know, uh, I, I'm really getting a kick out of Deceased. And, you know, we, we had that book drop this week, mm-hmm. issue number two, uh, Deceased uh, Dead, Dead Planet. Planet. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that this book does uh, is find moments not told in the original deceased story. So you're kind of, you're, you're seeing some things that, that we hadn't seen before in addition to bringing the story forward. Um, this follows up after the end of last issue where we find out that uh, Cyborg's head, because <laughs> he's just a head now, uh, ha- might have a cure for uh, the, uh, the uh, anti-life equation. And where uh, Superman Jonathan Kent got stabbed almost to death uh, in the pages of the previous issue. And so this issue is, you know, bringing the gang together so that we can get Jonathan all healed up. Um, you know, we get to see Speedy get uh, get killed by by uh, zombie fire. Uh I, uh, I, uh, I, I enjoyed this issue a great deal. And there is a great big holy shit moment. Wayne, tell us about that. 
Yeah, so we find out that uh, Shadow Pack, which is a team I really enjoy, uh, kind of the DC's uh, Justice League Dark before they started calling them Justice League Dark, but specifically some of the more uh, magical-type characters, they've been around and fighting for the last five years with you know, surviving all of this time until this issue where in a couple panels, they are all brutally slaughtered. Yeah, by, by Plastic Man. (laughs) And uh, Plastic Man uh, was pretty brutal with them. Yeah, I mean, I was, you go through reading it and it seems like these are characters that the series is going to be about. Uh And then you turn the page and just, they are one by one just slaughtered. It was a real holy shit moment reading it. Yeah, in fact, the uh, John Constantine, where he uh, appears to to be devoured, is uh, is pretty gnarly. But uh, I feel like John Constantine's gonna. We didn't see the body, right? Like no, Z- you like did. Zatanna. You see Zatanna bite it pretty harsh, yeah. Yeah. but you didn't see John Constantine die. Yep. I feel like he found a way out of that. Well, and Swamp Thing is down there below him being eaten first so it's possible swamp thing will save him yeah and that he may be the only survivor of shadow pack out of this because the rest of them just so brutal yeah now there was another holy shit moment that i was talking about in the pages of this book and and uh it is when oh i know what you're talking about it is when uh uh cass uh cass right uh yeah uh, wonder girl um, now wonder woman um, and uh, Batman, who is uh, Damian Wayne, you know, everyone has sort of graduated into their mentor's position. You know, uh, Wonder Wonder Woman and uh, Superman, Jonathan and Cass, have uh, you know clearly you know have a have a, a close romantic relationship. And turns out there's a triangle going on because uh, we see Damian macking on Cass. I gotta say, I don't think this ends well. Just saying. Huh. <laughs> I mean, not just macking. Like they, they, they kiss. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, uh, and on the mouth. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> as I opposed think... to, you know, they're they're not kissing on the cheek. Yeah, no, it wasn't a neighborly kiss. It was, uh, it was uh, tender. And you know, and he, he took his mask off for it. So you know what that means. <laughs> so you know, in a lot of these uh, DC books, we've talked about people just acting stupid. Uh huh. I have to say, I was uh, pleasantly surprised to see Ivy is not one of those characters that acts stupid. Yeah. Because uh, Dinah brings in a infected you know, Green Arrow. And her first reaction on seeing it is the reaction you should have. Get him the hell out of here. We're not idiots. This is going to go bad. He's going to yeah. kill us all. Yeah. So it's yeah. like in, a, in a book full of characters acting dub, there's a nice one where somebody made the right call. <laughs> Well, you know, um, Tom. You know, you we've now talked about two Tom Taylor books, right? Kind of like side side stories of the DC mm-hmm. universe. You know, a little bit alternate universes. Um, so Marvel released uh, their free comic book day books on Comicsology. So they released a Spider Man one and an X Men one. And you know, I, I, I in the back of the X Men one there is a preview for an I don't know if it's a crossover or an event book. Um, or if it's kind of like this, called Dark Ages. And it says, Where Were You When the Lights Went Out? Dark Ages, a saga of the Marvel Universe, Fall 2020, written by Tom Taylor. And, um, you know, it kind of seems like 
and, and I don't know based on the the little bit that I've read, it's hard to say if it's an Elseworlds type story or if it's you know going to be in the Marvel universe proper. Other than the fact that um, basically all electronics, it's only like five six pages that that happen in here, um, but all electronics like instantly die in 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 the Marvel universe, including. Um, Iron Man, who's flying through the air when it happens, and you know he his suit goes dead. A plane that's flying around him, obviously the electronics go dead in that, and he crashes into the plane, and his like bottom half of his leg comes flying off. Oh dear! And he goes crashing into Stark Tower, and Pepper is there, you know, over him, and uh, you know that's where it ends. And so I'm I'm very curious to find out if this is going to be Tom Taylor doing his apocalyptic <laughs> take yeah. on the Marvel universe. Cause that's basically what injustice and deceased are, right? They're, they're right. both kind of like apocalyptic type tales. Yeah. Even though the first deceased yeah. ended with a happier ending than I think it should have, yeah. uh, you know, deceased is pretty dark mm-hmm. and which I'm, I'm really getting a kick out of. I, Agreed. I, I, I enjoy these books. I really look forward to these books. These are the books that I tend, these are the books I tend to read first thing when I pick them up. Well, you know, that kind of brings me... I just wanted to briefly talk about Strange Adventures from Tom King, Mitch Jarrods, and Evan Shaner. Yeah. Because um, I was really, you know, really psyched for this series when it was announced. I love the art team. I, You know, Tom King, you know, I, I will say he sometimes does great work, sometimes doesn't, right? His Batman stuff didn't connect with me, but I freaking loved Mr. Miracle, and I was looking forward to Strange Adventures. Issue 4 came out, and I will say I quite enjoyed issue four of strange adventures mm-hmm. but not enough that it feels like must read entertainment for me i mm-hmm. feel like i'm going to wait till the book is on sale i don't think i'm yeah. gonna pick it up anymore um monthly yeah i stopped picking up monthly already because this the pacing is just so horrible the pacing is weird yeah and i agree. i I can't keep doing this week to week or month to month. So I didn't pick up this issue. I'm waiting until there's a sale or there's a collection where it's on sale because I can't read it like this. I'm not enjoying it. It's not bad. I'm just not excited about it, you know, and and that was different than Mr. Miracle, right? Mr. Miracle was the first book I read whenever it came out or the last book because I wanted to savor it. This one, I'm like, "Eh, I'll get to it. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the juxtaposition between Mitch Jared's and Doc Shaner's artwork, you know, to tell the two different, you know, time periods of these stories uh, is terrific. I, 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 I really enjoy that. What I'm not enjoying about the book is, you know, <laughs> really the point of the book, which is the mystery concerning uh, Adam Strange's daughter. And I re- it, it super concerns me. Uh, what's happening to Mr. Terrific. Um, though there is a moment in this book, there is a moment in this book that had me laugh out loud, Paul. And it is when, uh, you know, he is on Ron, you know, investigating and, and, you know, he's, he's, they tell him they're, he's going to have access to everything. And when he gets to Ron, uh, the planet R A N N, um, when he gets to Ron, you know, he is denied access to the picked, documents that he needs to look at only allowed to see the Ronian documents. Right. And so he, there, you, you can't, you, there's no point in you seeing the pick documents. No one can translate them. No one's been able to, to break the translation. And of course, Mr. Terrific is like, well, I did on the way here. I, I had some free time. So 
I uh, translated it. I can translate them for you. And, you know, he, he winds up, uh, you know, getting access and, and seeing things that, that uh, they don't want him to see. So uh, they're reprimanding him. And he's talking to, uh, I forget the character's name. He is... Uh, Doctor... Um, yeah. Yeah, I know you're talking about. He's the, he's, the, he's the guy that, you know, Adam Strange and his wife were always working with. I forget the doctor's name. Uh, but, you know, Sorry he's, he's... Thank you. Um, so, you know, Mr. High Minister, uh, <laughs> he, you know, uh, Mr. Terrific challenges him. He says, Mr. High Minister, wondering if you could tell me, where's your granddaughter? Where's Aaliyah Strange? And he, the, the, you know, Dr. Sardeth gets so uh, offended, he slaps Mr. Terrific. So Mr. Terrific backhands him and knocks, I mean, knocks this son of a bitch down. And, uh, you know, the doctor's like, you, you earth man, you dare touch me. And this panel is fantastic with, you know, Mr. Terrific looking over him. Right. You know, cause the guy is on the ground and he's like, you hit me. I hit you. What the fuck you think fair play means? <laughs> I mean, the only thing that's missing is it's on the jacket. <laughs> I laughed out loud. Yeah, I thought it, there, was, there I were thought definitely some good moments for sure. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Terrific is written extremely well in this book well and he's he i know the book features adam strange and it, it gives you the impression that adam strange is the center of the story that he's the he's the protagonist he's not it's mr terrific yeah. and that's a a big that is a big bite to digest when you think you're buying an adam strange book True, and I I think that makes this book a little bit more challenging to read. I think it will make it more readable, uh, collected, uh, and as much as I want to like Adam Strange's wife, she's a terrible human being. And not that she's human; she's you know Ronnie. Ronnie yeah, but, but she you is. couldn't tell by reading that for the first three issues at least. Yeah, she certainly acts like she's always been on Earth. Yeah, but she is a uh, she is a terrible 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 person and that that really you know she is willing to destroy the guy that they invited to help them out and she is willing to destroy him uh and you know i i'm i'm very concerned i mean in in terms of stakes i'm very concerned for mr terrific um so there's a lot i like about this book the pacing is super weird um and it it makes it challenging to dive into in fact i struggle uh struggled particularly reading this issue i had to come at it a couple of different times just because the pacing is so weird i agree so, yeah but there's again there's a lot to like here and i think it's one of those things some things aren't meant to be serialized you know some things should be big and collected like pulp you know that we talked about exactly. last week um so I, I think that, that this is an example of that. I think this will will read much better, make a lot more sense consumed in one sitting. So there you yeah, go. That, that's why I won't read it individual issue anymore. Yeah. It, the pacing just doesn't work as it is. So I think it will be a really good story. It just I don't enjoy it like this. So Wayne and I uh, have been on the Empire train. Um, we are in issue four of this crossover that seems to be coming out every week. I am kind of amazed by that. Um, I got to tell you, my holy shit moment of the year so far 
was in the pages of this book, Wayne. I, uh, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm really enjoying this series. And one of the concerns that I had had was what are the stakes? I mean, you know, we're talking about, you know, uh, galactic war. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to destroy the galaxy. What are the stakes? What are the personal stakes? And wow, ratcheted the fuck up this week. Yeah, well, and I love some of these character moments to happen, yeah. too. The Tony and Reed conversation, where Reed is calling Tony out for making a suit of armor instead of doing things that would be more useful. And such an interesting suit of armor. I mean, I, yeah. was, I was sort of fascinated by that. And, I, and you know, I did what it wanted to do. I wanted to know more about that suit of armor. And I really haven't felt that way about a, a suit of uh, Iron Man armor in probably 20 years. Yeah, I love his answer to it. You know, we told people to do do things in their way, told yeah. Thor to go quest, I think, in suits. So his solution is around a suit of armor. So which I thought that was which, interestingly enough, has a Fantastic Four emblem on it. Yeah. 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 Now, I was fascinated I, by that. I love that interaction. I mm-hmm. uh, I really have always liked Hulkling and Wiccan. Uh-huh. So I love how they're tied into this series so heavily, especially this issue and the revelation that they got married. Yeah. Yeah. He's not my boyfriend. You're talking about. That's my husband. Uh, I, I thought that was a great reveal. Um, I, I, I there's a lot to like in this book. And I got to tell you, and it, this plays particularly well reading it in the guided view, because I think if you turn the page and you read the you 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 look at the five panels on the page. I think that bottom right hand panel on the page I'm about to describe to you. Yep. I think reading this in print would not be nearly so striking. I read it in guided view on Comicsology, so I did not know the almost demonic face of She-Hulk coming up. Uh, you know, there, we're we're having a big we're having a big uh, chat with uh, with Koi. From uh, the Kotati, and you know, Mantis has shown up, his mom, with the Invisible Woman and uh, uh, the Thing and She Hulk, or I'm sorry, Hulk, Jennifer Walters. Yeah. Um, She'll always be She Hulk to me. I, same here. I mean, even Thing calls her Shulky. Uh, but, uh, you know, it cuts to uh, panel three where she, where uh, She Hulk, I'm just going to call her She-Hulk. Uh, send me letters. Um, <laughs> where she jumps in on what Mantis is. Mantis is trying to coax Koi into, uh, you know, leaning on his human heritage and and understand that that the things he's doing, he won't be able to walk back. That he's going to have to bear the curse of what he's done, uh, what he's trying to do if he does these things. And, and she's saying, you're not a horrible person. And She-Hulk jumps in and she says, it's a lie. The Kree-Skrull Alliance has, has deployed the Pyre, their sun killer. More talk will only give them time to use it. You should press your attack immediately. So She-Hulk is encouraging Koi to do what he's doing. And Thing, you know, Ben Grimm says, what? What the heck was that, Shulky? You, you lawyering for the bad guys now? Whose side are you on? And it cuts to this magnificently illustrated panel yeah where where uh she hulk's face is in shadow and you've just got her eyes kind of just 
within the darkness peering out and they are terrible. She's got almost a Joker like smile on her face. And she goes, you're such a stupid animal, Ben. It should be obvious, but maybe this will help. And then, you know, she gamma bursts everybody there because apparently that's something she Hulk does. And it turns out when in the first issue of empire, was it empire or was it the, the Avengers preview? I think it was first issue of empire. Yeah. I think it was first issue of empire, but earlier in the story, uh, She-Hulk was was uh, taken off screen for a moment, and when she came back, she was like, "Wow, I've, I've, I'm I'm much more control of my range, rage. They've really helped me out. These Kotati guys." Well, turns out that that wasn't Jennifer Walters. That Jennifer Walters, and there's a panel showing you this uh, later on in the book where she is murdered by the Kotati, and because when the Kotati in fact. A, a, uh, a humanoid, they turn their skin green. This is a perfect vehicle getting into She-Hulk. And yeah. so so Jennifer Walters is dead, capital D, dead, in the pages of Empire. And she is now this Kotati-possessed zombie thing. And just, I mean, she, she uh, hits the thing. And I mean, rocks fly off, blood, the whole schmear. It, I mean, she is just effing brutal. Yeah, I mean, when this happens in the book, you know, it had been kind of foreshadowed in things. There mm-hmm. were hints, but this whole time I thought maybe she was being mind controlled by the, the hammer they gave her. Right. Or something like that. When they reveal that she's dead, yeah. it, that was like, the floor dropping out, especially because I know She-Hulk has a Netflix series coming up. <laughs> so I didn't think they'd kill the character. Well, you know, again, you know, it's comics, but in terms of the stakes in this story, they really ratchet up. And this foreshadows something going on with Hulkling because Hulkling, who is also green, is suddenly acting differently. And, uh, you know, it makes you wonder, is Hulkling dead inside, too? Uh, I, I, I am all in on Empire. Empire is so freaking good. Uh, the collaboration between uh, Dan Slott and I forget the other guy. Uh, I'm trying to get to that page. Um, Dan Slott and other guy, <laughs> uh, Al Hewing, um, is is phenomenal. I am I am I am really startled, and it's been such a long time that I have seen such quality storytelling in a Marvel event. And let's not forget that, that the artwork by Valerio Shidi is gorgeous. Every page is stinking gorgeous. I love this book. And like I said, yeah. that is so far, this is my oh shit moment of the year. Yeah, uh, and I'm not I'm not picking up every tie-in, but the ones I have picked up, I've really enjoyed most of. Yeah. Fantastic Four particularly has found a way to work it into their storyline and tell a related story that is good but isn't part of the main story well it helps so, that dan slot writes that book right yeah <laughs> you know so he's able to to take the the book that he has helped plotting uh into the book that he you know is the uh sole writer on i yeah did you read the not the newest fantastic four that came out this week but the last one before that i believe i did so i love how they've dealt with some of these characters so the uh the two kids that we saw in the fantastic four empire the one that represents the history of the Cree and one that represents the history of the scrolls, they're being protected by, 
you know, the Fantastic Four's kids who call in help of Wolverine and Spider-Man. And the very first thing that happens when Wolverine sees a scroll is he stabs the kid. (laughs) I love that reaction of what? We were just fighting scrolls. Right. Stupid scrolls. Well, Empire's great. I'm not buying any of the other tie-ins unless it's a book I'm already reading, which is Fantastic Four. Uh, But I I am doing pretty well keeping up with what's going on by reading just the main storyline, digging it quite a bit. Uh, But hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, you get your next issue of Empire. Empire issue five comes out next week. How many issues is this? Does anybody know? Six. Six. Awesome. Yeah, I have to say, I think the pandemic did uh, wonders for Empire because there's yeah. no way they would have all been out on time. No and way. I think they had the entire series done and not released yet because of the pandemic. Yeah, it's working out well for me. And from DC Comics, we get issue three of Dark Knight's Death Metal, um, as well as the Detective Comics tie-in for the Joker War. So lots of event books next week. Aaron, are you still in on Death Metal or are you out? I am. No, I'm still reading it. All right. I'm still reading it. I'm... Not exactly happy with it, or you, Paul, (laughs) but uh, I'm still in it. All right. So all that and more next week. Hey, give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the air, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media at IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't miss out. We We are back with... 23 weeks of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. Uh, our uh, discussion of the first episode of Lower Decks is out in the feed right now. You can find that at iomgeek.com or you can search on Apple Podcasts or wherever fine podcasts are served. All right, guys. Well, it was a lot to talk about this week. Uh, next week, I, I am excited to talk more about Empire. I'm, I'm worried about my, my She Hulk. She's dead. D-E-D I know. Dead. She's, she's D-E-D yeah. dead. Now we've got to you know put her in the compost bin because she's all plant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe a new one will grow in time for the Netflix series. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll do it all again next week. Catch it out. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.